From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, I'm Bijan Steven, and you're listening to Eclipsed. This week, I've got a fun episode for you. It's about music and writer's block and how exactly the songs you love get made. My name is Rishikesh Hirway. I make music and I make podcasts. Rishikesh Hirway is the host of a podcast called Song Exploder, where he interviews musicians about how they make music. It's a fantastic show. But in it, we never really hear from him because he always edits himself out. So that's what we're doing today. Interviewing the interviewer. Roll the intro music. We're back. Rishi will take it away. The first show that I ever started making is Song Exploder, um, which is still going today. Um, that came out in 2014, and and so now I've been doing it for eight years. Um, and it's a show where I interview musicians about how one of their songs got made. And I combine the interview I do with them with the isolated stems of their song. So as they talk about you know, what the inspiration was behind a specific part of the song, you get to hear that without any of the rest of the song. So hopefully you get a different appreciation for the way they work and the way that their kind of creativity gets expressed, but also um, you get a different insight into the music itself. So how did you um, come up with that idea? It really came from being a musician myself mm -hmm. and um, and especially being kind of like a bedroom recorder producer person. Um, I, I didn't really know how to properly record things. So I was always trying to just figure stuff out. And, and part of it was experimentation on my side. And then part of it was I would just listen to anything I could hear where someone was talking about how they made something. Um, and I also wanted people to be able to hear the kind of little decisions, the granular decisions that musicians make in order to come up with a song, you know, to fully realize a song. I think the way that um, music gets talked about sometimes is, is only in these kind of big ideas, but so much of the actual labor of it is um, making little decisions, little creative decisions. And I think there's a lot of insight about both the song and how somebody thinks um, when you get into that stuff. Right, yeah, that makes total sense. So you you made it as a, a show for yourself or the musician that you were. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm curious, like you know, what kind of musicians did you start interviewing? Well, at the time, I was kind of in the middle of pretty bad writer's block. I had finished an album in 2011 and had gone on tour, kind of all that year, and did a little bit of touring in 2012, and then I did a couple of movies like the scores to some movies. But in 2013, the second of those movies, you know, had, had premiered at a festival. It was um, at South by Southwest. And, and that was kind of the end of the work that I had right in front of me. And the next thing I was really supposed to do was start making a record again. But I was just feeling so stuck in terms of making music that I didn't really know how to put my first foot forward in that process. So I thought, maybe I'll try other things this year. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where it started. And it was just me. And I began by interviewing my friend, Jimmy Tamborello, who was in the band, The Postal Service. When, when my record had come out in 2011, he and I had gone on tour together. And we knew each other 
from being musicians in LA. I was a huge fan of his. So he was somebody who I thought I could talk to in a way that was comfortable, you know, the first time I had ever interviewed anybody. So it, it was potentially um, going to be pretty embarrassing for me, but he was somebody who I could uh, do this in front of. And if I fell flat on my face, he wouldn't judge me and we could still be friends and no one would ever have to hear it. Um, so that's, that's where I started. Song Exploder was born at a time when podcasting was a lot less popular than it is today. You know, like pre-serial, which made the show a difficult sell. How did it feel to make the first episode, like when it was out in the world? Well, there was a long time between making the first episode and it coming out in the world. Um, I did that uh, interview in the beginning of the year. You know, I, I finished the pilot episode of the show in March of 2013, and it took another nine months before that episode actually came out because I... I pitched it a lot of places and and nobody really wanted it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought, well, maybe I'll try and do it as a podcast um, and just put it out into the world. Um, and to kind of not just go completely on my own and, and just be kind of adrift, one more piece of noise in the internet, um, I thought I would try pitching it to a podcast network. And I kind of saw them maybe naively, I saw them as kind of like record labels. That was the closest metaphor I had um, because, you know, I came was coming from music. So I pitched Maximum Fun on the show, basically the way that I sent demos to labels back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. I <laughs> I burned a CD of the, of the first episode and okay. I sent a note to them and... Um, would you be interested in in working with me? And I sent it to them in September, and I just and I didn't hear back from them. So I thought, okay, well, that's I guess just not happening. And I kept on having meetings and you know <laughs> pitching to other companies, and and um, nobody was really biting. And then um, and then finally, I asked Josh Molina. We had just sort of recently become friends here in LA, and. Mm-hmm. He had also been, I think, on on Bullseye on an episode. And I asked him, I said, do you happen to still have any kind of contact info for Jesse Thorne? Because I'd sent him this thing, and I, I don't know. I'd love to just follow up and see if he got it, and I haven't heard anything. And I don't know. If you if you know him, do you talk to him? Could you put in a good word for me? And he was like, you know, I don't think I have his email address. And then um, a couple months went by, and then in December, he was like, you know, I found his email address, and I um, sent him a note. And then, and then Jesse Thorne wrote back to him and said, oh yeah, I lost the piece of paper, like the letter <laughs> that had gone with the CD, yeah. but I liked it. Um, I had some thoughts about it, um, but yeah, I'd be happy to talk to him. So we ended up talking and he, and he was, uh, by the end of the, the conversation, he was like, you know, we're putting out some new shows on Maximum Fun in January. Um, and uh, it'd be cool if you, if you were one of them. But that was December at that point. So then I had like two weeks to kind of get get it from this kind of demo pilot into a f- finished form. Um, and then, then it finally came out in, on uh, January 1st of 2014. Four years and a ton of published episodes later, Song Exploder had become pretty established. Even so, 2018 was special. Okay, so in 2018... I ended up having um, a music writing session uh, with 
Jenny Owen Youngs, who is now a very, very close friend of mine. But at the time, I only knew her a little bit. She had a podcast, uh, or she has a podcast called Buffering the Vampire Slayer. That's about Buffy the Vampire Slayer seen through like a kind of um, gender studies lens, um, but also fun. And um, as part of her show, she writes a song for every episode <laughs> based on the episode. Um, and she's an incredible songwriter. She she has her own long career and she, uh, uh, both as an artist and then also co-writing with, mm -hmm. with big artists and stuff. So writing with other people was something that she had done a lot. And, uh, and she asked me one time if I would write a song with her for an episode of, of the podcast. And I'd never really had that experience before, but I said, okay. And, and we had a great time and, um, and it was the first song that I'd written since starting Song Exploder. Oh, wow. So it was a really big deal. And um, and I really liked the result. And I just got so excited. And I asked her if we could write more music together. And then we wrote another song, uh, a song for me. And that was when I was like, oh my gosh, like writing music. Like it felt like suddenly that writer's block period was over. And, uh, and that was when I was like, I'm going to get back to writing music. And then the TV shows started happening. I was like, okay pause on this thought. I'll come back to it in two years, <laughs> you know, but, but, um, that was really exciting. So over the couple days that we spent together over a few, few weeks, we spent a couple days in person. We got to know each other a bunch and she told the story about, um, being at a party at Dan Wilson's house. Dan Wilson is the guy from the band Semi-Sonic. He was the lead singer of Semi-Sonic and He's also now like an enormous writer, producer. He, you know, won all kinds of Grammys for his work with Adele. And uh, he wrote um, Someone Like You. You know, he's just huge. And he and Jenny had written a bunch of songs together and she'd been at a party at his house. And she's, oh, she said that, oh, Dan and his daughter did a rendition of Someone Like You at the party. And he was like, you know, um, his daughter, who has a lot of developmental issues she was she was born very very prematurely but they sang uh someone like you and everybody in the ho house was just bawling like everybody was was it was so moving and and she was like well you know because you know his his daughter that that's his closing time is about and i'm like wait what and, and she said yeah that song closing time is actually about um this really difficult period his wife was pregnant and the pregnancy was incredibly complicated and their daughter Coco was who they had. And um, so it's really, you know, it's very emotional to, to witness that. And I was like, that's incredible. And I was like, oh my God, I've heard that song. I don't know how many times, countless times. Um, I had no idea, but that sounds like a fascinating story. I was like, do you know, is that like well-known? And she's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure I know it, you know, but I know him. And uh, I think he just told me but I don't know. And so I did some research and I could not find people talking about what the, the mm -hmm. meaning of the song was. I saw there was a video of him performing a concert um, a few years earlier um, and he talked a little bit about it, but that was the only thing. And it, it really felt like it was um, pretty unknown despite, and especially in contrast to how known the song was. So I asked Jenny, I said, do you think that Dan Wilson would be 
interested in doing an episode of Song Exploder. It's an old song, so that kind of can kind of complicate things. But um, and I, uh, from what it sounds like, you're telling me it's a very personal story. But I think it could be really cool. And that was a f the first time that I'd kind of had that experience where I heard the story of what a song was about, and then I went and and chased an episode specifically to get that story. It took a little while for uh, for us to connect, but then he did that interview and it was incredible. I mean, it was just, um, it was, it was as moving as Jenny had kind of made it out to be, um, uh, or more so hearing it from him. So um, we talked for about two and a half hours that day. We had a really long conversation about it. And um, and then that episode came out and um, and a lot of people, I think, were very surprised to hear about, you know, what the song was about and also the specifics of, of the story and especially the way the kind of story ends, um, I think kind of uh, tugged on heartstrings for a lot of folks. It's funny, you know, so much of what an episode feels like is determined by the artist. Um, mm -hmm. It's both what they talk about and the way they speak and what their music is. You know, I remember how wonderful it was to edit Dan's um, interview because he spoke in such a thoughtful and eloquent way. And I remember when the episode came out, um, I think he was very surprised um, by the result too. Um, you know, because I think it's a different thing to tell the story and then hear sort of an an edited version of it, um, of your own story, uh, kind of recondensed and and um, yeah. So he he wrote me an incredibly nice note and uh, and just. Um, his manager wrote, their publicist wrote, and they, they were all incredibly kind about it. Um, so that felt that felt really nice. Like as much as it's great to make an episode that people out on the internet are like, oh, I, I really liked this episode. For me, it's especially meaningful if an if an artist who's been on the show feels like I did their story justice. We'll be back after the break. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed with mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. How do you feel about Song Exploder now? What era are we in? Um, I think we're in maybe my favorite or second favorite era <laughs> now. Um, <laughs> because for a long time, I felt some kind of resentment towards the show. You know, around that time when I was feeling like I really wanted to get back to making music. 
but um but i still felt kind of blocked uh and and i had this show that i was making that i felt like i really enjoyed it and i really um and i was so gratified um by the fact that people were listening to it but i felt like some version of who i really was was kind of like receding in the background um and slowly kind of disappearing and and that was the version that I was like but that's that's who i really am i mean that's i wouldn't be making this show if it weren't for that i remember you know one or two people who i talked to on the show um said that you know they'd come over to the studio or something like that or or we'd do something over zoom or whatever and they'd see they'd see the room that i'd been in they're like oh you have all these instruments are you a musician yourself i was like yeah what yeah <laughs> i'm like how do I, I how do you think i could make this show otherwise you know um it felt like i don't know it seemed so clear to me but then um but that wasn't coming across that way so i was pretty sad about that and um and at the same time making song exploder felt more like noble or something like that more practical and it felt like more useful in terms of what can i do out in the world because i thought well here's a chance for me to tell other people's stories and um and use kind of my all the things that i'd learned up until this point about music and about design and just sort of the world of music i could bring them all to bear in this kind of regular way and every two weeks i would put out an episode but when it comes to making my own music one i didn't know how long it would take it's just like this black hole of possibility of like, well, maybe I could write a song. Maybe I could never write a song, but maybe I could write a song and maybe it'll take a year or maybe it'll take six weeks or maybe it'll take three years. I don't know. So it was a pretty tough time for a few years uh, internally. Um, and I wasn't that happy about things. But then um, after after the TV show wrapped up in 2020, um, you know, we were in a pandemic and we weren't going to make any more episodes. Um, I thought this was now a time where I, I could and should try and find a way to make music again. Um, just to try and carve out some time in my life to make music again. And I did. And what ended up happening was I made, started making music in kind of a new way where I finally got to apply so many of the things that I'd learned from making song exploder so many bits of wisdom that had been shared over in the podcast i got to apply to my own process um and some of the people who i had met uh not many of them but some of the people who i had met you know had gone from being just people who i'd interviewed once to people who i was kind of friends with or i had some kind of relationship with and some of those folks um, I ended up working with on on music. And uh, and so now I made this record that just came out um, a few weeks ago. And that record, I think, is kind of the culmination of all the stuff that I did before Song Exploder and then all the years after that, all the stuff that I did with Song Exploder. Um, I feel like they kind of have managed to coexist in this in this project in this record um in a way that feels really satisfying now i can feel like oh my gosh this wouldn't have been what it turned out to be if i hadn't 
been doing Song Exploder for the last eight years. And so my relationship with it has really changed from one of any kind of resentment or anything like that, or 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 even just like begrudging satisfaction or something like that to gratitude. Yeah. Because you've finally synthesized these two, like your major and your unofficial major have become the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and also, as it turns out, you were the same person all along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Special thanks to Rishikesh Hirway. His latest EP, Rooms I Used to Call My Own, came out in March. Go have a listen. Eclipsed is a production of Campside Media. It's hosted by me, Bijan Steven, and written by Michael Canyon Meyer. We're produced by Tanita Rahmani, Lane Gerbig, and Joe Hawthorne. Allison Haney is our production assistant. Archival research by Caitlin Rathy. We're fact-checked by Alex Yablon. Our engineer is Garrett Tiedemann. Our theme song is by Doug Slaywin. Our executive producers are me, Bijan Steven, and Michael Canyon Meyer. The executive producers at Campside Media are Matt Shayer, Adam Hoff, Josh Dean, and Vanessa Gregoriadis. Special thanks to Rishi for being a pal. If you want to say hello or what's up, drop us a line at eclipsed at campsidemedia.com or tweet at us at EclipsedPod. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can find me at Bijan Steven on Twitter and Twitch. On Instagram, I'm Bijan Cakes. Thanks for listening. See you next time.